Welcome to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital expertise your business needs. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital expertise your business needs. My name is Tim Peter. This is episode 396 of The Big Show, and I think we have a really, really cool show for you today. I was watching Microsoft's Surface uh, launch last week where they're introducing their new products, uh, their new tablets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At least that's what it was supposed to be. <laughs> Except that's not what it was at all. Instead, they really were showing where they think AI is going, where they think their co-pilot, as they call it, is going to take their customers. And of course, for so many of us, their customers are our customers. And I don't know that we've grappled with how much the emergence of artificial intelligence as part of our daily lives is going to cause radical shifts in customer behavior. We're going to see an explosion of changes in customer behavior that we've only seen a handful of other times previously. So my goal here today is to provide a look into the future. I don't expect to get everything right. I don't expect to get half of it right. The idea instead is to try to give a sense of the kinds of things we might see and how you can prepare for it so that you're ready as it happens for your business. I want to start by talking about what they actually talked about at this Microsoft event. Uh, Satya Nadella opened with saying a handful of just lovely, delightful quotes. Satya Nadella spends a lot of time crafting his words. He came up uh, with the, the phrase that I've used many times over the last few years, where uh, he said, we've seen two years of digital transformation in two months. Now he's referring to us entering the age of co-pilots and talking about the uh, co-pilot, which is their product name, but artificial intelligence generally as, quote, your everyday AI companion. It's a handshake between you and technology. And what they showed was their, quote, vision for, every, for an everyday AI companion for you, how it adapts to you, and how you no longer have to be the orchestrator of apps and devices. And I got to tell you, it was cool. Now, we all know tech demos, when they're choreographed as well as these are, may not reflect what it's going to work, how it's going to work in practice. But I would encourage you to watch at least some of the video. You know, when you're on YouTube, hover of the video. I will link to it in the show notes. I will embed it, actually, in the show. But hover over, and you can see the most watched parts of the video, and I would encourage you to watch those, at least those, because there was some really cool stuff. The other thing to be aware is this is going to be introduced, as they say, seamlessly in, again, their quote, the apps and OS you use most every day. 
This started dropping in the latest Windows release, uh, September 26th. When I'm recording this, that's actually today. Uh, and that includes Copilot by default, the latest version of Windows. Outlook, Microsoft's mail client, is going to incorporate Copilot. And they're also integrating this into tools like uh, Office 365, excuse me, Microsoft 365. They're updating designer in Word to improve its ability to add and refine images. Now, this wouldn't be so interesting if it was only Microsoft doing this. The thing you have to remember is that lots of changes are coming lots of places. ChatGPT is introducing voice chat to its apps. There's discussion about whether ChatGPT is going to develop a phone, <laughs> right? Google is incorporating Bard and its Duet feature into Gmail and Google Docs. I've been using that a lot lately, and it's really impressive. And we know that Google's new AI model, Gemini, is certainly going to try to accomplish even more impressive tasks as it becomes available. I have talked a number of times on this show about how you as marketing and business professionals can use AI or think about AI. And I'm going to be doing more of that today a little bit. I have been testing a number of tools like copy.ai, Anthropics Claude, Lately, Descript, SEM Rush's AI Writing Assistant, ChatGPT, Bing Chat from Microsoft. Google's Bard, uh, and a few others to improve my workflow and output. And I'm ignoring the ones that I haven't tested from people like Adobe with their Sensei product, HubSpot, and a ton of others out there. As you've heard me say, these are incredible time savers and generally produce pretty good quality. I workshopped the title of today's episode using SEM Rush's AI Writing Assistant. I wrote the final title, but the assistant I used as, you know, an assistant. It helped me craft ideas that turned into the final title for the show. And the image for today's podcast, which I do want to highlight for a moment, I generated using Microsoft's Bing Chat AI, which is their implementation of Dolly, uh, and as well as ChatGPT, coupled with their Prometheus AI engine. I want to be clear, it's not the greatest image. It's that what you see, it created after just a few quick prompts. I spent literally seven minutes to find an image that worked. That was good enough. And the reason I'm telling you this specifically is it's a sign that the average output of your competitors is about to get a lot better. There's research that shows that artificial intelligence really doesn't help top performers all that much, but it makes mediocre and poor performers much, much better. Case in point, I didn't ask my designer to find an image today. I just made one. I am not a graphic designer, not in the least, but the image is, you know, okay. It's not necessarily the best. But it's certainly good enough, created, so to speak, by a non-expert in minutes. I am absolutely confident that my designer would have come up with something better. That's not the point. The point is that anyone, even a yutz like me, 
with the most modest levels of talent, and I am really stretching the boundaries of the word talent here, can produce something that's pretty good, that's good enough. Whereas before, my output, if I tried to do something like this, would have been considerably worse than pretty good. And it frees my designer to work on higher value work for the company. We've immediately gotten more productive and better at what we do because I didn't have to pull them to work on something that isn't, you know, tremendously high value, the image for a specific podcast episode, because I was able to just get something done. Now, if we want to make it better, I can give it to them and have them punch it up even further. But the idea is that suddenly the mediocre performers become better than average, which means the average overall is going to get better, is going to improve. Think about the tasks that Microsoft demoed if you've had a chance to watch the YouTube video. They showed the AI summarizing documents. They showed it creating content. They showed it finding information across apps and the internet at the same time. But my favorite part of the demo was when Carmen Zlatev, who's Microsoft's vice president of Windows, showed Copilot searching her texts for flight information, found plays in New York City, and texted her husband information about those plays with just two typed commands. There's no reason, by the way, that this won't be voice or can't be voice pretty soon. They also showed it doing shopping. Essentially, the AI was providing assistance and helping organize your calendar, your schedule, and frankly, your life. That's really what got me so jazzed about this and thought it was so important to talk about today. What we do as marketers is try to connect with people, with our customers, to help them at the points in their life where they need help. And here, I just watched this AI do many of the things without necessarily guiding people to an answer on the internet, for instance. That's just a massive, massive shift. It is going to shift customer behavior dramatically, radically. AI is going to change your customer's behavior probably forever. We have seen, I, I mentioned this earlier, we have seen customer behavior shift dramatically and radically before over the last two decades. The internet absolutely changed the way people do things, the way people do the things they do. Mobile absolutely changed the way people do the things they do. The introduction of carrying a camera or a video with you everywhere you go has changed the way people do what they do. And social has changed radically the way people do what they do. We are incredibly likely to see customer behavior change as much or more from using artificial intelligence in their day-to-day -day lives as well. Remember, ChatGPT has become the 28th most visited site on the entire internet. And it's done that in about 10 months. It's probably even larger than that, by the way. Its traffic has declined the last few months. What you have to remember is it's very likely that most of that decline is due to college students and high school students 
being on summer break. I expect we're going to see its numbers jump up a bit in September and October as those become available. I'm using similar web numbers, by the way. The other thing you want to remember is that most people have never used it yet. <laughs> right? Most people haven't, you know, consciously interacted with an AI in their day-to-day -day lives yet in any meaningful sense. The people who have are using it a lot. The people who haven't is still, you know, a ton of people. We're still in the early innings of AI. We're still in the early innings of using these tools. I was originally going to call this episode, We're So Not Ready for AI. <laughs> because it feels in some ways like we're not. Then I realized it's far better to talk about the radical shifts in customer behavior we're going to see and to explore what you can do about it right now. So what can you do about it right now? First, you've heard me talk before about content is king, customer experience is queen, and data is your crown jewels. The original version of that phrase did not list customer experience as, que as queen. Instead, it was context is queen. And we're about to explore a whole new series of contexts. We have to take that into account. A friend of mine just got a new car, an electric car. It's the first one that I've ever seen in the wild close up. I know they've been around for a while. I know a lot of people have them, but I just hadn't really ridden in one or spent much time around one. And I live in Florida. We've had a brutally, brutally hot summer here. And he's doing things that completely blew my mind in terms of how we think about cars. For me, anyway, for some of you, you might be like, well, that's really silly. Of course, you, you should have seen this coming. I didn't. He uses the car's app to turn on the air conditioning while the car is parked in his garage and alert him when the car has reached the right temperature, a comfortable temperature. My framing of what you can do with a car simply did not account for that reality till I saw it. Not because remote start is new, but because you can't run your car in your garage. You don't want to waste gas. You don't want to pollute the environment. But most immediately, you don't want to have a buildup of CO2 in the garage and suffocate yourself. An electric car has none of these problems. The car also has built-in video games and a web browser so that you have a way to entertain yourself while you're waiting for the car to charge. Again, that's not something you could do with an internal combustion engine for all the same reasons I just mentioned. And sure, it's something you probably wouldn't need to do in an, with an internal combustion engine car, because pumping gas is faster than charging. Both of those examples, though, are examples of the context changing completely, changing radically. That's what we're talking about. As people incorporate AI into their lives, they're going to do things we never expected that they would do as they figure out how this fits in their lives most appropriately just like they did with the internet, just like they've done with mobile, just like they've done with cameras and video, just like they've done with social. What you want to start doing is paying attention to see 
are you seeing these shifts among your customers? And to start, you want to pay close attention to your web traffic. Are you seeing a rise in referrals or browsers or apps from unusual places, places that you haven't seen before? For example, I'm seeing on my site and on client sites small but noticeable upticks in traffic from Google Lens, the company's augmented reality search tool, from Bing, from Perplexity AI, and even in a couple of cases from Microsoft 365. Again, these are small numbers. But the fact that they're not zero is absolutely worth watching, right? Anytime you go from zero to one, that's a big deal, particularly if you then see it go from one to 10 and 10 to 100 and 100 to 1,000. So you want to keep an eye on those, on that traffic and see if you're seeing anything that changes, anything that's new. You also want to start testing these tools for yourself. You want to create content. You can use AI to draft text or headlines or social posts. I've used tools like Lately or Chat.ai or SEMrush's AI Writing Assistant or Bing Chat or ChatGPT, and there are plenty of others. You can use AI to create images with Dolly, uh, which there's a new version of Dolly 3 coming in October. You can use Stable Diffusion or MidJourney or Bing Chat again. You can test various tools as assistant in, as assistants in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, Google's Bard, especially in Gmail and Google Docs. Um, you can use Microsoft Copilot, which is coming November 1st or so, depending on your version of Microsoft 365 and Outlook. And you can use ChatGPT for some features. You know, you can upload data and have it give you information about it. You can shop using AI, try, you know, Google Bard or Microsoft Edge for shopping. You can test Spotify's AI DJ tool called Xavier or sometimes called X, you know, discover new music that you like or I don't know, maybe you hate. And you can do searches and find other AIs that connect with your day-to-day -day work. I'm just sharing the ones that I know that I've worked with that I've tried I'm confident that there are a whole bunch that I've never used. Just to give one small, for instance, I'm an amateur musician and I've tried out a tool like SoundDraw to see how I can make better music using AI. Think about your daily activities, your hobbies, other areas of your life where AI can help you do more, better, and faster. And the most important thing you want to do here is you want to observe and track how your behavior changes. What are you doing differently? How are these tools, these co-pilots, shaping your behaviors, shifting your behaviors? To give one example, because I think that ChatGPT and Claude and Bing Chat currently are better than at quite a few tasks than Bard, I'm noticing that I tend not to go to Google quite as often. Questions that I may have once been searches, you know, for example, updates to our content calendar or social media post ideas, emails to clients or prospects. I'm instead asking an AI assistant for help, just like I did with the title today, just like I did with the image today. That could easily change back to Google as they incorporate Gemini into uh, Bard's integration with Gmail as they integrate it into 
uh, Google Docs as they integrate it into their search generative experience. I also can see at the moment, I'm definitely searching less if we use the traditional definition of search, if we think about it in those terms. Your mileage may vary. You may have a different reality. So pay attention to how your use differs from mine and how it differs from what you've always done. Of course, the last thing you want to do is you want to keep learning, and there are a ton of great resources out there for you. Check out Ethan, uh, Ethan Mollock, who's a Wharton business professor on Twitter. Check out his Substack. I will link to the, all of these in the show notes. Read Benedict Evans' newsletter. Subscribe to Ben Thompson's Stratechery email. Follow Joanna Stern and Paul Graham and M.G. Siegler on Twitter. Also, given that Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it is becoming the most anti-social social network, you probably want to follow them on LinkedIn and Threads or Blue Sky or wherever they're posting more frequently, too. Check out the people that they follow and follow some of them as well. I'd also recommend taking a look at TechMeme and The Verge every week or so. Just, you know, dip your toe in and see what they're talking about. Of course, you should talk with your customers, too. What are they doing differently? And are you using any social listening to see how they're talking about these tools or if they're talking about these tools? And, of course, you could keep listening here, <laughs> right? This is a trend and topic I expect we're going to cover regularly over the next months and years as we watch this shift in customer behavior. You don't have to agree with all of these people that I just mentioned. Sometimes I think that one or more of them may be completely wrong, including me. <laughs> I know, shocker, right? What they're doing, though, is providing an array of ideas around how these tools and technologies will shape the world we and our customers will all live in over the next bunch of years. The emergence of artificial intelligence, as I said at the top of the show, as part of our daily lives, is going to cause radical shifts in customer behavior. My goal was to try to provide a look into the future. We may be in the early innings here. We may have a long way to go from where we are to where we will end up. But the thing I can tell you for sure is that it's not too soon to get in the game. Now, looking at the clock on the wall, we are out of time for this week. As always, I want to remind you that you can find the show notes for today's episode, as well as an archive of all past episodes, by going to timpeter.com slash podcasts. Again, that's timpeter.com slash podcasts. Just look for episode 396. Don't forget that you can click on the subscribe link in any of the episodes you find there to have Thinks Out Loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every single week. You can also find Thinks Out Loud on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere fine podcasts are found. I would also very much appreciate it if you could provide a positive rating or review for the show when you're using one of those services. If you like what you hear on Thinks Out Loud, if you enjoy what we talk about, if you like being part of our community, give us a positive rating or review if you would. It helps other listeners find the podcast, 
Reviews help other listeners understand what Thinks Out Loud is all about. They help to build our community, and they mean the world to me. So I would just want to say thank you very much for doing that. You can also find Thinks Out Loud on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash Associates. You can find me on Twitter while it lasts, and yes, I still call it Twitter, using the Twitter handle at TCPeter. And of course, you can email me by sending an email to podcast at timpeter.com. Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. Finally, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in and for participating and for being part of this community. I know I say this just about every week, but I would not do this show without you. Your support, your listenership, your comments, your conversation, the community you are helping us build means so very much to me. So please keep the tweets coming, keep the messages coming on LinkedIn, keep the emails coming. I love, love, love getting a chance to chat with you and hear what's on your mind and learn how we can work together to make this a better community for all of us. So with all of that said, I hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And I will look forward to speaking with you here on Things Out Loud next time. Until then, please be well, be safe, and as always, take care of yourself. <laughs>